Welcome to history. Hey, race fans. Welcome to a Checker Pass podcast. We're here in the Double Law Injury Lawyers Law Firm Studio, presented by Autobank RV Sales and Services. Um, glad to be back. Uh, I believe this is episode 18. I believe my boy told me it was we was working there. We're getting close, uh, close to 20. We, we try. Our goal is each year to do 30. So we're there or getting there one week at a time. Had a lot of good feedback here lately of uh, of our Daryl Culberson episode, and, uh, Tim Lawless, the All Tops. Um, who am I leaving out, Dale? Uh, uh, we've had we've had some heavy hitters here in the past. You had Donnie Lockerbie. Donnie Lockerbie, yes. yes. Uh, that was Rob Horton for you go yeah. folks. Um, but we've had some really good stories through the 90s, and that's what a lot of people were wanting to hear is the old school stories from back in the day. And um, So we're here trying to share some cool stories and get that done. But right now, before we get started, we're going to do the Victory Devotion brought to you by Morgan Motor Company. Is buying a car something you don't look forward to because of the high-pressure salespeople? Don't let yourself be pressured. When you contact Morgan Motor Company Incorporated, you always deal with a Morgan. This means no high-pressure sales pitch, no high overhead costs that's passed down to you, and savings you can bet on. Morgan Motor Company has been serving the upstate of South Carolina for over 60 years. Give them a call today, 864 242 6684 or visit Morgan Motor Company and see how they can save you money and tell them the guys from a Checker Pass podcast sent you. And I have to speak with Matthew Morgan. He's going to come in and be a guest co-host here one week soon. That'd be good. He's been working on uh, he's trying to get us some dirt late model guy, big name. So uh, anyway, he wanted to kind of hold out to, to come in and be a host on that, but hate to call you out, Matt, but Anyway, um, Dale, good to see you this week. Good to be here, and uh, Hunter was right. It's his racing devotion, number 18. Awesome. So, so that's 18 shows. It's very good. Yeah. All right, this week's devotion is titled, Meet People Where They Are. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 22 says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. It's always interesting when I'm with groups of non-Christians and people know that I'm a chaplain. It's amazing how some people react. Some will try to get out of our conversation as quickly and as pleasantly as they can because they're worried I'm judging every word they say. Some will apologize for cursing in my hearing range. I tell them I am not the language police, but many would repeat their apology anyway. There are a lot of Christians within the racing community. There are also some Christians who do not attend church regularly, and there are also a lot of unsaved people too. I realize I may be the only Bible some of them ever get to see. Over the years, we've had the opportunity more and more to be with non-believers on racing teams and such. And what's really fun is to be able to show those people that we're people, real people too. I have prayed with the drivers and teams at Greenville Pickens Speedway for seven to eight years. I have been faithful. 
I've been there for every race except three during that time. Most welcomed me when I offered to pray with them to start with. Some wouldn't come in at all, but later, when they had trying times in their life, they would ask me to pray for a certain situation. In our MRO training, we were told it would take three years to be accepted into their circle. I found that to be true. I guess it takes that long for them to realize that we are not a threat and we are not there trying to steal their secrets. I would walk through the pits each week prior to the start of the night's action. I would be intentional and start a conversation with someone I had not talked to before. Over time, it got to the point where it, where every very, there were very, very few people I had not talked to and became friends with. It's a fact that many non-believers in the world today have a mental picture of what a Christian is. Judgmental, self-righteous, hypocritical, and just kind of a downer when it comes to having a good time. But when we can change that, if we meet non-Christians on their own turf and show them we're real people too. The pit area of a racetrack is a perfect example of this. As Christians, we're called to be in the world without being of the world, so spend time with non-believers and enjoy yourself with them. When you do that, you'll shatter their stereotype of what a Christian is and have wonderful opportunity to show them the love of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for giving me a passion for racing and the opportunity to share you with the racing community. Even though our racing ministry at Greenville Pickens is on pause at this time, I pray that it is not finished. I pray good things are in the future for GP. Let's still continue to pray for the racing community across the nation. And if anyone out there does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact me and I will take my Bible and show you how you can have a victorious future. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. amen. So I am not the language police. You are not, and I think more than likely most people, when they say stuff, the, their first thought is, you know, they apologize. It's, it's more of they're apologizing to respect you than because I'm guilty of it. You know, we know what you're there for, and, and you, you say you're not the language police, but like I say, it's a respect thing, and a lot of times people just the slip of the tongue. And Well, a few years ago, Bob Root led – 99 of 100 laps. And Dylan Hall, I think it was Dylan Hall that knocked him out of the way and went on to win. Bob come down into a tech shed. He was hot. He was cussing, letting it fly. And <laughs> I didn't say a word. And he walked off. He went on about his business. He come back later and apologized to me. And I said, no, you don't owe me an apology. He said, I owe you an apology. Anybody else that heard me, and I know God, I owe God an apology. So, Bob's a good man. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, and uh, like I say, we've I've said it openly before. We as a Guthrie family, we love you and we appreciate everything. Well, I appreciate it. You've always done for the track, and you do it for our show here. So, and this is our show, not my show. So. <laughs> but um, on to our guest. We've got a super cool guest that I've been fortunate enough to race with, and he um, he put on some killer races with his brother back in the day, and they didn't cut each other any slack, and and that was probably the coolest thing I had seen because. You know, they would they would beat fenders and spin each other out or knock each other out of the way, and then they would get out of the car. They would work on each other's car, and uh, it was just it was what exactly what brothers should have been doing, and it was just awesome. So fighting for bragging rights. So, with that being said, Rob Horton, uh, glad to have you on here. Glad to be here. Uh, yeah, what you said there is what race is really all about. That makes you. Be able to race and have a lot more fun when you can race with somebody like what you just talked about, and know that you can trust them. Yes, yeah. not to uh, 
take advantage of you in certain situations. You know, it's beating and banging, and we both we all want to win. Uh, and racing with my brother is some of my favorite memories. I, I mean, uh, but you know, just to start at the beginning. Okay, you know, I've heard a couple of your shows, or a few. You know, I've listened to quite a few of them, but the last couple people that I can relate with. Uh, you know, Donnie was talked about the enduro races. That's that's where I came in, man. I was, you know, I don't even know how old the first time my dad took me to Greenville Pickens. I remember we parked up in the fair parking lot. I must have been 13, 14 years old. And uh, I remember walking toward the track and hearing the cars and everything. And uh, When I come up over that hill after you go in the gate around the top and look down in there, I mean, it was like I was in love instantly. I mean, that, I was hooked right there. And so I was a big fan. That's where I started. I'm a, I'm a fan. And, uh, you know, this is back, I don't even know, I hate to date myself, but, you know, I was a Jimbo Man fan. The white with the red number two. Yeah. And a Gene Morgan fan all day long. And powder blue 45. Uh, man, they put on, in, you know, back then the late model wrestling was actually something to go see. Yeah. It really was. But, uh then as I got older, the street stop really was something I loved. And I remember guys like Barry Tullison, uh, Burgess, Eric Burgess. Yeah. Having some races you wouldn't, David Lackey, people like that. Having races that you just can't see that kind of racing anywhere. No. You know what I mean? Uh, and I was coming up, you know, I was probably 15, 16, and they kept talking about these enduro races all over, over the loudspeaker. So uh, I was like, I want to do that. You know, and I, I, I worked even back then, believe it or not. I worked, I mowed grass, gave my dad money. He kept it up. He's my banker, you know. Uh, so I had some money in the bank, and I, I, I started asking around, where do you get one of these Enduro cars everybody's talking about? Somebody told me, Hamby, go to Hamby's car lot. So I was just holding, I just had to have my license. So I drove to Hamby's. And I walked in the door, and he said, can I help you? I said, uh, I want a car for that enduro race at Greenville Pickens. He said, come with me. He took me out the back door, and I knew this was going to be fun then, so uh <laughs> bought me old Cutlass for $700. Dang. Took it home, knocked the windows out of it. Like y'all were laughing about, uh, had bent seats in it, because I remember going down the straightaway, and my, <laughs> flat belt, my lap belt getting hooked on the headrest. I couldn't sit up straight. Oh, Lord. Yes, sir. Uh but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just wanted to go race. I just wanted to go on that racetrack. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I'll be honest. I had no idea. I bought that car for 700, knocked the windows out. I, I might still not know what I'm doing, but anyways, uh, knocked the windows out, tuned it up a little bit, you know, changed the spark plugs, oil. Didn't do anything other than that. I mean, took the headlights out, taillights out, and went to the racetrack. And, uh, Drove it to the racetrack, actually. Uh, <laughs> that's a funny story, too. I got pulled over at the gas station. <laughs> you drove your enduro I car. drove my enduro car to the racetrack. Yes, sir. I didn't have a trailer. From, I had to, from what area? I live in Taylor's. Holy uh, cow. <laughs> son, yeah. Okay, so I had it bad. I still have it bad. I'm sorry. Uh, it don't ever go away. Anyways, my first race had 105 cars in it. I promise. I had a hundred because I remember that because Tom first 
you know, I talked to Tom. That's when I met Tom because he didn't want to let me drive because he said I was too young or something, so I had to get my dad. But I was 16. After he got it all together, he let me. Anyways, uh, he said he's going to let 100 cars. And I remember there was 105. And he said, well, it's just five more. So we let them. So they threw the green flag and they lined you up by how you got there. And I got there the night before, so I was like third row. They threw the green flag. We go into one. We come off of two. It was a parking lot, son. There was three wide cars, as far as you can see, just sitting there. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do now? Well, what some of us are going to do is try to get through there. The rest of us are just going to go like. Was that the tail end of the field? Yeah. Wow. They just drove into that stuff. There's cars. So I spent the first 10 or 12 laps just trying to stay, keep my car under together, driving real slow around there and. People driving by you, dragging the whole rear end of their car, and sparks flying, and just stuff flying everywhere. Cars, they didn't throw a caution. It's crazy. But I loved every minute of it. I mean, <laughs> the smell and the, and the and everything that was going on is something you won't forget. But uh, anyways, this is, this is my first race, and this is a good story. The 13 laps. I remember that because it was lap 13 because that's an unlucky number, I guess, some people. They had a big wreck in front of me. The track got blocked right there going into one. And I saw a little spot up there. So I I drove up on the high side and got through. And I was coming off the wall off turn two. And the back stretch was clear because that wreck. It was the first time I ever saw a clear racetrack at Green Pick Speedway. So I hit it. I, I hit it <laughs> in my little cutlass with my bench seat. Uh, anyways, this car drives up to my door and it's all muffler. And I look over there and it's the General Lee. I swear to God, it was General Lee. <laughs> and uh, we're going down the back stretch and I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. When do I let off? <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not going to let off till the General Lee lets off. I know that much. So the General Lee let off and then I let off and I never turned. I hit the wall so hard. Uh, it put the frame up in the win- window. I hit the wall that hard. But, you know, back then we took them home and chained them in between two trees and heated them up, pulled them back. So I went to the next race, made it like lap 76, and had a flat tire, the next Enduro. Wait a minute, let's back up. Uh-oh. You said you drove to the racetrack. Yeah. And when you raked it, how'd you get it back home? I left it at the racetrack. <laughs> I really did. I left it at the racetrack, and it was one of them that you saw in the pits. There were okay. probably 10 or 15 of us that left them at the racetrack. <laughs> and I figured it out. I don't remember. But I think I've we figured out how to get her home. Okay. I don't remember how. But uh, anyways, uh, we the next race I made it like lap seventy six. Had a flat. Then they started having twin one hundred races. Well, I need a new car because I tore the Enduros. Yeah, they had twin one hundreds. Man, I must have been young. I don't remember these. Well, they had them, and uh, I had to have a new car. So I went back to Hamby, of course, and he saw he sold me a Ford LTD two door. <laughs> With a 390 in it. This thing was a boat. Anyways, <laughs> my dad at that time, you know, he, my dad wasn't, hadn't been racing. So this is how the Hortons got into racing, really. Uh, at the time, I didn't, you know, I had to buy that. I was just a kid cutting grass. I was out of funds at that point. I couldn't, you know, of course, I couldn't even own a trailer. Yeah. But my second car put me under. And I, I was <laughs> like, uh, I need tires. If we had tires, we might have something, you know, to deal with out here. We were racing like the 89 car, which later in my life I got to buy it and kill it on the back stretch because it kept going by me. I had something against it, I think. But <laughs> the 89 car. Yeah, the, ye- the yellow, yellow. Yeah, the yellow yep. 89. 
Yeah. Oh, that's Jim's car. Yeah, Jim. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the uh, the twin 100s, I told my dad, I said, look, if you buy tires, I'll let you drive it for the second 100 laps. Well, he caught the second part in that little sentence. <laughs> and he had been to the racetrack and watched me drive, and my dad's no fool. So he said, uh, I'll drive it the first 100 by the tires. So I said, okay, that'll work. So he's out there driving this LCD, and my dad was winging that thing, son. He made the lap 80. He was driving that thing off in the corner. I couldn't believe it. I was standing there watching. <laughs> but the tires didn't hold up that long. So he drove it off in turn three, and he hit the wall so hard, I saw the bottom of it. Oh, man. Anyways, he come like this in the pits all, you know, tore up. But when he got out of the car, he had a big old smile on his face. <laughs> and we didn't get to race the second hundred, but – that's where it started for us as the Hortons. My dad was into it then. Uh, he started racing with, you know, and I had to actually leave this area for about eight years. So I went to Winston-Salem, and I lived there for eight years. So I didn't really get to be here for my dad racing that period. I went to the Madhouse, stuff up there all the time. Uh, I had a buddy up there. But I was in a lot of trouble around here, so I just was smart enough to know maybe I'll just get out of here. Yeah. So I just left for like eight years. Well, my dad, he, he got to know, you know, he hung out with people like David Lackey, Gary Batson. You know, those were, those were his people. Big names. Yeah, so I come down, you know, I still came down twice a year or so to watch the race, and I still kept up with my dad. Although our relationship was a little tough because, you know, I was I was rough to raise, I'm sure. You were anyways, in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I came back. Uh, Gary Batson was racing at Charlotte. So I came down from Winston-Salem. Uh, we were going to go. My dad was going there with him and everything. And uh, I'll never forget this. Standing in the kitchen, the phone rings. My dad picks it up, and he just turned white. And I was like, what's going on? Well, Gary got in a bad wreck, and that was the phone call talking about him. Uh, he caught on fire or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, well, I'm going to go to Charlotte and see what's going on. And anyways, you know, that didn't turn out well. Uh, so we lost Gary in that deal, and a lot of people, like my dad, he kind of lost a little interest after that. And, uh, anyways, I came down for Thanksgiving one time, and he had a 69 Chevelle in the backyard. And it was covered in leaves. It had leaves up to the dash. And I was back there. Back then, I smoked cigarettes. I was back there smoking a cigarette, and I looked. I seen it behind the garage, and I started walking around. I was like, this is terrible. This is a this is a sin. I mean, what? Really? So I go in there, I said, this, this can't happen, man. We got to get out. We got to go to the racetrack. By now, Bub was coming up. He was probably 15, you know, 16, 17. And uh, what's the difference in years between you and Bubba? 10 years. Okay, and you're how old? <laughs> I'm 54. Really? I'm 54. I, mean, years I thought old. you and I were closer than that. How old are you? I told. 48. Oh, okay. Well, so. Yeah, but there's 10 years in between me and Bub. So, uh, at that point, my dad uh, decided to get back into it a little bit. And I, I decided to move back here. Uh, my dad was gracious enough to put me up in the house. And I got a job and started getting back on my feet around here. To go back to when I was in Winston-Salem, I was going to the, like the Mad, or was it Bowman Gray and Caraway tracks like that. Nothing even came close to comparing to Greenville Pickens for me, man. Yeah. I thought about Greenville Pickens all the time. Greenville Pickens is my track. It really is. Uh, it burned in me. I wanted to race there so bad. 
uh, even when I was in Winston-Salem. So anyways, I came back, and it all started coming together. Uh, I got Bub in a car, and he was out there racing, and uh, I believe that's my first car right there. I'm not sure, but that 20 car? The red one, yeah. David Lackey had the car, I think, when I found it. Or I don't know. I, I think y'all bought it from us, or David may have bought it. You know what it was because he was working across the street at the Greaseline team. Yeah, yeah. Because he had that he had that shop in Travers Rest that Daryl was talking about. So before Stanley Presley, David Lackey was in the hot dog stand in Travers uh, Rest. That was where David Lackey's shop was at. We sold that car. We bought it from our cousin. Yeah. It was Don Gentry's car. Yeah. Um, her mom Sherry let me know later. The the car had a it had a an old uh, who's it? Bobby Allison seat. It had a Bobby Allison seat in it. Who yeah. made them things? Banjo Matthews. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the car left here with a, wherever it went. It had the Bobby Allison seat in. I'd love to have well, it. Well, so that tells me. Anyways, I bought the car from. Uh, well, I wanted a car. My dad said, "Oh, Dave Lackey's got one." And I said, "Well, how much you want for it?" He told me, and I I went to work, man. I was like, "I'm I'm gonna come up with that money," and so I. Took me about a week. I had half of it, and I took it and laid it on his desk in his office in Marietta. I said, here's half of it. He was like, I come. Where'd you come up with that? I said, I went work for it, but I'm going to get the rest. So I'll be back. So I was kind of pressuring David a little bit. He didn't want to really sell it, but he said, uh, "He said at the end, he said, I'll sell it to you if you let me hot lap it when we get together and we'll go to track and let me hot lap it. And, you know, I was a David Lackey fan. He was pretty crazy, but he, he could drive. Anyway, so it was very crazy. It was very crazy. I've seen some stuff on I'm four sure. wheelers and stuff that you would. I'm surprised, you know. He, but anyways, uh, I let, he he drove it. And then uh, it was mine. I paid for it. Uh, we, I paid for it before we went out there and drove it. Actually, but it was mine. He turned it over to me. We went and uh, started racing, and in, in charge division, the Greenville Pigs. My first race, I'll never forget, because I was so nervous that I was going to tear somebody else's car up. You know, I, I was just really nervous. I didn't want to. I really held Greenville Pickens to that kind of standard when I started. Let's be let's, When I started, I was like, I, you know, I know how these people have worked hard, and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to tear somebody's car up. So I was really apprehensive about driving. But as I learned how to drive a little bit, I still haven't learned how to drive all the way, but once I learned how to drive a little bit, and started getting closer to the front. Uh, my first win in Charger actually came the year that Rick Kelly won eight races. And every time Rick Kelly come up to me, he'd, he'd root me out of the way, let's just be honest. And I don't hate Rick, Rick Kelly's a buddy of mine. But, and then after he rooted me out of the way, everybody else behind him would root, would hit me and knock <laughs> me out of the way. And before I knew it, you know, I, I was going through this for four, five, six races in one day. I don't remember who hit me, but it, I remember the situation for sure. We're going down the back stretch. And I was running in second, and I got jacked up coming off turn two, and then I was trying to get it together, and I got hit again and hit again and hit again. And I remember thinking, you know what? That's it. I guess the way we race around here is not the way that I'm racing. So, you know, I, I changed the way I race. So that's the way some people probably perceive me. So you started running into people, kind of. Like, I started running into everybody, like Donnie Lockerbie. Yeah, we had ten. <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding. yeah, I did. And that—that's one thing I want to say too. Back in the day, there's a lot of people that were back in that day, racing. Uh, 
They were some heavy you, hitters. If you got in between me and my brother, I am so sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I really am. Because honestly, when I was racing in Charger, I just had a minute of, of where I ran good, really. Like the end of one season and the beginning of the other, I, I don't know how many wins, but in about two or three seasons there, I, I, I might might have had ten wins or something, eight maybe. I don't know. Uh, but uh, either I was trying to catch Bubba or I was trying to get away from Bubba. Yeah. That was the only two things that I did. All you other guys that were there, really, I don't even remember. I remember, though, either trying to catch Bubba or, or get away from Bubba. That's it. You boys put on some good races between uh, the two of you. He was fast. Bubba was a good driver. Of course, my dad helped us both tremendously. I couldn't have done it without him back then, but the parts and stuff that were being financed were on Bub's car. I had to buy my own stuff. And, uh, so that, that makes a little difference. But uh, Well, I can remember one time or another talking to your dad down in the pits, and I don't know how long you guys had been in it, Yeah, but I think y'all had, one of y'all had engine trouble, and he said, oh, it's no big deal. We're going to run up to AutoZone and order another engine. And, up, yeah. and I'm sitting there scratching my head going, AutoZone or Advanced or wherever. Yeah. I'm like, how long does these motors last from Advanced? Well, I think Bob actually got that motor and put it in his car and ran pretty good with it. But to to go to talk about that, we didn't really put a lot into it. Well, we had Jimmy Hall motors to start with. Jimmy Hall was the best motor builder. Was that the guy in Berea that was, yeah. I believe we mentioned last show? Yeah, that's I heard Daryl talking about him. Me and Daryl must have passed in the hallway a lot of these places. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't really pay attention to all these guys. I know who Daryl is now, of course, but back then I. I didn't pay attention to who all these everybody was, but I went to Jimmy Hall. We had Jimmy Hall motors, and they were they were good. Jimmy Hall built a, a really good motor uh, for Charger division. And Anthony had his motor, and, and Daryl and all them too. So I don't know who else, but I know Anthony and Daryl for sure. Those are two guys that have plenty of checker flags. Yeah, and they said <laughs> that's where Phil Lynch got his start in. Yeah, Phil Lynch worked. He worked. With Jimmy Hall and his shop over there before he went on to, to get his own machine shop. Sure did. That's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, and then I went to Philip later on. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, uh, we we realized early that we, we come from the school as, you know, the motor. That's what everybody wants to look at when you start beating them. Exactly. So we massage other areas, I'll be honest. I mean, we just – geometry. That's something my dad was so good at. He's, he really put a lot of time, thought, effort into the geometry at the front of these race cars and, and all that stuff, the very important stuff. Yeah. That's why you see us being so fast. It was all him, man. I would, he had a notebook that we lost, and I hate it, but uh, I wish I, I could uh, – he doesn't remember the stuff that he knew. You yeah. know what I mean? But anyways – we uh we ran pretty good there for a little while, uh, just off of you know geometry the front end, Jimmy Hall motors, and there was what there was eighty sixty or sixty Charger cars probably. Yeah, they was two uh, three divisions, and uh, that was a ball. I mean, that was the you know, that moment in time, I guess. I remember you toward the end of that time coming in, you and, and 
and rock line all them guys kind of come in uh but uh those were some really good times in racing yeah, the no memories doubt. are just that one picture of me and him on top of each other like i said he started in the rear i started on the pole he was coming and when he got in second place, he was 10 car lengths behind me with three laps to go. And I looked in the mirror, and I see him, and I was like, oh, Lord, he's in second place. I couldn't believe he even made it second. But he was coming. Uh, I didn't look in the mirror because I don't want to do that. And I do another lap, and we're getting ready to get the white flag. And the next lap, I looked up in the mirror, and he's like four car lengths behind me. I was like, oh, <laughs> please be white flag this time. Uh, it was, but he was... He was pushing me off turn four, like bump, 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 at the start finish line. And uh, I was like, this is going to be a handful. We go down in turn one, and I kind of got a good corner on him right there. And we went in turn three, and he just drove in there and drove up under me and just rooted me out of the way. Was I'd have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. But I was up, I remember being up on the, on the, the other lane, about half sideways, didn't really have control, and it's right in that spot where you let your car set. And uh, he sticks it in that hole he just made. <laughs> and I had a choice to make. And it's check the flags, huh? Coming off of four, really. Yeah. I had a choice to make. And my choice was gas pedal through the floorboard. That was it. And I stood on it. And uh, I stood up. We went across the start finish line. I was standing up in my seat. I really was. And uh, I swear I won that race. It's been a great conversation piece with my family ever since it happened. Whoever took that picture, that was great timing. That's right yep. at the checker flag. Uh, so Bub got the credit for it. Bub's got the trophy, and that's all. When we start arguing about it, he always leaves the room, and he always <laughs> comes back with his trophy and sets it on the table. And after he does that, you can't really argue. Bub did get the trophy. I actually got thrown out. I finished second, and uh, Bub had bought me a Dremel tool for Christmas. What kind of brother buys their race car <laughs> brother a Dremel tool for Christmas? I just want to know. I feel like it was a setup. That's all. I'm just trying to say. So what was you dremel tooling on? Well, I took the intake, and I just took all the humps out of it and match-ported it, just simple stuff. It went to Daytona, according to Tom. I was like, what is Daytona going to do with my intake, man? I mean, I put a stock one on there and was two or three-tenths faster. So, anyways, uh, you know, we're just always trying to – I don't oh, yeah. have to tell you. We're oh, always yeah. trying to push the envelope, find a – advantage wherever we can you always work where they're not looking right and yeah you know to listen to my daddy oh we got a big motor but he's telling you something that the know. funny yeah the funny part they weren't looking at intakes they were looking at uh they had to take the intake off because they were looking at cams and that's how they used to check them they put a thing on the lifter or whatever yeah. so anyways uh they checked it the cam was right they were, i mean the motor was legal but the intake I just had sitting there upside down, and I didn't think nothing about it. And uh, the tech guy at the time, I don't remember his name, he had a heart attack on 85. Oh, he was the tech guy back in that day. I know you talking remember about his name, gray headed guy with a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah him, good guy. I can't remember his he name, he really was a good guy. Anyways, he, he was he started looking at it. I seen him shine a flashlight, and as soon as he did, I was like, Oh, shit, I should have just flipped that over. Yeah, that's all I had to do. And he's like, have you been working on an intake? I said, no, sir. <laughs> no, my brother has. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. he ended up throwing me out. That's one time I got thrown out. I got thrown out again the, the night that they uh, they put the three on the backstretch. Okay, me and my dad had worked 
all and Bub had worked all winter building these race cars, and uh, I went out there that that night. And uh, before the race started, I was I think I was second or third row, but I was warming my tires up, and I'd put this mat in the floorboard, to, you know, so it don't burn your feet. And it had it would come loose, and it was up underneath the brake and everything. And we we're getting ready to get one to go, and I was looking down there like, man, this, and it was black, of course. Oh, and wow. I was like, this is going to get in the way. And you know, I had done everything. I weighed the car eight thousand times. I checked to tow in twenty thousand. You know, I had yeah. done so much, and that was going to be in my way. And I was looking at it, and when I did, I drove up on the inside wall right there, uh, entering the pits. I drove my car up on the wall, bounced off of it, and it set back down, and. And there was 13,000 people in the stands that night. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, this is the first race of the evening. And I'm thinking, wow, there's like, what a, <laughs> what a dipshit this guy is, right? <laughs> and uh, anyways, so they throw the green, and I, I hammered it. I won the race. So I won it going away, too. My car was good. And uh, I got in the tech shed. They said I was a 100-pound lot. Well, I knew for a fact I wasn't because I'd waited 80,000 times. I was a hundred and 10 pounds of overweight just to get my rear percentage work, you know, how it is to get my percentages where I wanted. I had, it was overweight, which I didn't like. Yeah. But I had to get it there. Uh, so I knew he was wrong. And I, I've never been one to argue with that guy. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. So I said, no, dude, it's 100 pounds. It's not light, I promise. He said, well, it says it's 100 pounds light. And uh, I said, it's not. And he said, well, I, got, I can't let you go for 100 pounds. I said, whatever, dude. I said, there's 13,000 people here. They know who won that race. And so I just drove off. That's what I did. Uh, and I went to the pits, pulled it up on the trailer, took it home, and uh, left it on the trailer, actually, all week. And uh, the next week, I drove it to the racetrack, didn't, do a th didn't touch the car. Pulled it off the trailer and pulled it right up to the tech shed. And, and uh, he was there, and I said, I want to weigh this car before this race starts, man. Because after that race, a lot of people had trouble at scales. I saw, I forget who the late model guy was, but they pushed his on and off five times. But anyways, I pulled it up there, and he's like, "This it weighs 33.50 or something like that. I said, dude, I haven't even put oil, I haven't even put fuel, I haven't touched this car from last week when you threw me out and be 100 pounds over. So I finished second that night, and they threw the guy out in front of me for crossovers. <laughs> so he had crossover pipes. So I, I just said, okay, cool. You can give it back. That's fine. Yeah. I'm good with all that. So uh, I've been thrown out in the tech shed a few times. and uh, It happens. It happens. So, I mean, back in the day when we were racing in that division, that wasn't the important part to me. The important part was winning. And, of course, we try to, as racers, you know, we try to stay – in a, you know, in a little box. Yeah. We don't get too crazy. Within reason. I mean, within reason, exactly. So, I mean, but for me, I've never been somebody at the tech shed that was up there trying to politic. I always try to, if I'm up there at all, I'm trying to figure out what that dude that just won has got underneath his car. Yeah. Because I want one of those. Well, I got chunked a few years back uh, with a small torque converter. Yeah. And, and I was wrong. Right. I mean, you know, whatever. I didn't realize that they were having torque converter. Torque converter. Anyway, uh, Fats was the one that threw me out. If you know Fats, he's yeah king of smartassism. <laughs> and love him to death. He's a super yeah. cool dude. But, I, you know, I told him, I appreciate you, you know, throwing me out. Is You're doing your job. You know? uh, yeah. So. I mean, yeah, that's kind of why I'm with that, guys. I understand the whole situation. 
my biggest thing is, you know, keep the cars coming back to the racetrack. Exactly. Just don't tell me I can't come back. That's, if you don't tell me that, I, you know, at Greenville back during that time, what, we were winning $150? I mean, yeah. I, but, I mean that, that doesn't bother me too bad. But uh, the uh, – I just lost my whole train of thought. The win and the money wasn't really the big deal back then. If they would have just given us trophies every week, I think everybody would have been happy. Yeah, I mean, trophies, though, you get so many of them, you run out of places to put them. I know. So, I mean, the 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 trophies really are right here, man. Yeah, the memories. The, the, the memories are the trophies. And uh, some of them I wouldn't trade for anything. I, I did, you know, pretty good in Charger during that time. And then Tom moved us up to street stop. In the middle of the year, not at the I end of the year. That. Both of us. That race, again, that you got the picture of where we're door-to-door at the start-finish line. That night, we went to the tech shed, and they started tearing our motors down, had us up on jack stands. We were tearing the whole motor down and everything, and they couldn't find anything wrong with the cars. And uh, i never forget this tech guy. came over. I was like, what else you want to look at? And he said, you need to take your tires off the car. And I was like, my tire? What, what's wrong with my tires? I mean, what are we looking at for tires? And he's like, no, you can't run them tires no more. If you want to race here next week, you need to go get some street stock tires. And I was like, dude, it's like middle of the season. You can't be texting me during the... <laughs> I'm Bluetooth in for phone calls. And okay. I was getting text messages. I uh, doing that. See, we interrupted the show. Oh, that's fine. What do we got? She says it's time to thank our sponsors. Let's thank them. Let's thank them. Are you looking for someone to do a dreaded painting project? I'm talking about residential and or commercial. Look no further and contact Maccabee Painting. These guys have been around for 15 years with 29 years of experience. The owner, Benji, is a third generation painter and knows his stuff. They can also take care of all of your pressure washing needs or deck repairs and staining. Again, if you're looking for someone to come and do an amazing painting job, either residential or commercial, if you got pressure washing needs or you just need your deck repaired and stained, call Maccabees Painting at 864-395-9744. Not a jack of a lot of trades, but definitely a master of one. Again, that number is 864-395-9744. 9744 and tell them that the guys from a checkered pass podcast sent you. For all your automotive and heavy equipment, foreign and domestic alternators and starter needs, contact Gene's Alternator and Starter. Tell them that you heard about it on the Checker Pass podcast. Give them a call at 864 246 3036. It's Gene's Alternator and Starter. For all your handyman needs, call Robert or Hall with Hall's All Hands on Decks. 864-213-7502. No job is too small or too big. From fixing water lines to building decks, even minor roof repair, and everything in between. Again, that number is 864-213-7502. Call today and tell Robert that you heard it on the Checkered Pass podcast. And check those fellas out on your local Speedway, Anderson or Greenville. Woohoo Racing, Joshua Thomason and Robert Hall. Hall's all hands on deck.
have you been driving around town and got into a little fender bender and now you need your car repaired? Look no further. Go talk to Blake Jeter at Powdersville Collision Repair, located at 415 Three Bridges Road in Powdersville. He specializes in insurance and auto body repairs. That address again is 415 Three Bridges Road in Powdersville. Check out Powdersville Collision Repair and, and tell Blake the guys from a Checkered Pass podcast sent you. Hey everyone, this is Crystal with a Checker Pass podcast. Wanted to take a second and give a shout out to our official apparel provider, Black S and Racing Apparel. Do you need some shirts printed, maybe some custom hats? Give Black Acid Apparel a call. Black Acid Apparel is a custom apparel company specializing in direct to garment printing. There is no minimum order required and they produce high quality projects. Whether it's for racing, business, an event, or anything else. Like I said, Black Acid Apparel has your back. Black Acid Apparel, your choice for custom apparel and the official apparel of a Checkered Pass podcast. I'd like to thank each and every one of those guys who help us out. They uh, come on board this year and done a super job at keeping this thing going and uh, done a few little upgrades here and there. And just uh, all you guys, we really appreciate you here at the Checkered Pass podcast and glad you were part of us. So, uh, you've uh, you've been around it and got it going on. So yeah. how, how did I, I? And during commercial, I remember Gene Harris was the guy's name. Okay, tech guy. Gene, exactly. He fell out of the sky and hit me. Yeah, um, he, was a good, he was a good tech guy. He was. So they told you to get you some street stock tires and go street stock racing, both I, of them. Absolutely. And at that moment, I think all the street stock guys bowed their head. But anyways, we went we went ahead and tried it. I mean, I didn't really do anything to my car except put tires on it, to be honest, which I love those tires. It was the GT4s, I think, at that time. Yeah. Those treaded. Man, they got hot. They were gumballs. They were good. But uh, anyways, my first lap is a good – there's another you – know, you heard my first race. Now my first lap in street stock was also very interesting. Uh, I went down in turn one. And believe it or not, I was running an automatic before this. Really? In Charger. I had oh. an automatic transmission. Well, I had always heard like Jamie, Jamie Tate run an automatic in so, it. So, anyways, when I went to street stock, I did change that. I put a, I put a straight drive in it and a, the smallest clutch I could find. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or could afford at the time. And, uh, you know, put tires on it. So, that's the changes I made. Uh, anyways, we go down into turn one on my first street stock lap. And I hit the clutch instead of the brake. I really did. Uh, I didn't have all that where I really wanted it at the time. I guess. Anyways, I hit, so I passed every. <laughs> I, I passed a lot of them. I really did. Uh, I passed. I probably went through two or three rows of cars. I would say on the inside there. I remember Tim Sams being one of the guys. I just barely did clear before I completely lost the race car. Uh, anyways, I lost it. Spun around. Least two times, maybe three, off of two. I was in the gas the whole time once the clutch hooked back up, and I went down the back stretch. I don't think they even threw the caution. But anyways, the next week I get there, and Roger Moore, uh, he took pictures back at the time. It's uh, he he come walking up to me and he, you know, he's always come walk. He'd show you your victory lane pictures and stuff. But he he had these polar or no not polaroids but just little pictures, you know, like that size. Yeah. I don't know what that be. Anyways. He had a 
Probably about eight of them. Stacked his hand. He just handed them to me. And I was like, what's this, Roger? He said, look at those. And I looked through them, and it was that, what I just talked about. He had took a snapshot frame of me frame. going in the corner and spinning around two times <laughs> and coming off. And I was like, wow, that's cool. I said, uh, how much How much you want for that? And he said, those are yours, dude. You keep it. <laughs> so that was my first laughing street stop. Uh, I'm sure every street stock driver at that time, I don't know who they all were. I remember, of course, Tim Sams, Joey Lusk, I mean, Billy Lusk, uh, uh, you know, Stanley was there, uh, Greg Jarrett. Uh, there were so many. There was a lot of them. Yeah. Red, probably Red was probably still in it. I know there, Red was there. They were probably like, this. I can't believe they moved them Horton boys up here. We're going to have to – they are crazy. Anyways – that was my first lap, and then, uh, you know, then it, I didn't really have a, it was hard to run with them boys, and I'll tell you the hardest one to run was to beat would be Tim Sams. I, I got a lot of respect for Tim Sams. He, he can flat wheel a race car. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I've seen him dust him at Greenville and then go to Anderson. and Do the same thing, yeah. Uh, and th- those are guys I tried to, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, like, Last week you had Daryl on here, and he's talking about his, you know Anthony and, and Barry and all them. And he had that picture, which is so cool, man. That's that's got to be the Rat Pack of Grandma Piggins right yeah. there. I didn't really have a group like that. It was just me, really, and my brother. But you know, uh, it was just me, and we we just were for us. But people I like to go see when I was at the racetrack and talk to would be Tim Sams. I go see him down in the hole. Park down there, and uh, uh, guys I really enjoyed racing with. Uh, uh, all of them, really, yeah. two years. I remember uh, when you you came out there, you were fast. I mean, of course. You know, I'm a Ken Guthrie fan. You were fast, and uh, I was in front of you one night being the leader. And, uh, the uh, I figure it's our, our phone call trying to come in. Is it? And probably calling to ask how to do it. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't who I thought it was. Uh, okay. Anyways, I was I was uh staying in front of you. I think you were in that car right there, that blue and white car. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, that was that was my second year, and then the red one was my yeah. first year. Anyways, I was like, I think I'm going to beat them. Uh, I ended up beating you, but whoever was in third must have jacked you up a couple times because I remember after the race I come talk to you and you were you and him were having a very serious discussion. Huh. There was a couple words that we can't. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but I just walked off. I was like, okay, I'll let him handle that. But yeah. That, that was that was the only time I think I beat Steve Guthrie. I mean, I and I can't say I ever beat. My brother. Yeah. I don't think I ever did beat him. Really? I don't think I did. Boy, I'd have, I'd have turned him over <laughs> to get there. <laughs> I don't think I ever beat him. I mean, I tried. Yeah. Trust me, I tried hard. Shoot, uh, when, when I raced and you two were out there, I mean, I had a – there was a stacked field anyway in Charger all the time. in my first year. I mean, yeah. you know, y'all, Shane, I mean, they, yeah. the list goes on. Absolutely. And uh, to even ever get a win at all. With all of you guys in the field was an accomplishment. It really, it really was. The win back during that time was uh, was was cool, man. I mean, you you were running against 
guys that really had a passion for it back then. I mean, I remember living with my race car. I'd yeah. stay with it all the time. And you don't see a lot of that these days. The people that you do see doing that, the kids now, you, you know, the younger guys, you, that's the ones that are running up front. There's just a lot less of them. That's the problem. Yeah. But, uh, it's funny. That car is sitting right there. Is it? Yeah. That's something you do. You like to get get your old race cars back, which is out. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. To have that. I bought that thing out of the bushes out of uh, uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Wow. It come out of the bushes. and How did you just, find that? Uh, it was purple when it left Greenville, and it was purple when I found it. Wow. It, it went, oh, was a Tim Crow car? And then Blake Gregory bought it. Oh, but yeah, I brought Blake. it back here to restore it, and my son wanted to race it, so it's his car now. So That's cool, man. It's pretty you. cool to to have that little bit of history for us. And I saw you got the double zero car back. We did. We uh, got it from Daryl about three weekends ago now. Um, and we, we, we've tossed the idea around of, of painting it back like it was with the current body on it. So That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, I got a story about that one, too. You want to hear it? Well, I want to hear anything you got to okay. talk about. Okay. Well, after I started running, I went up to wide tire and everything. There's really nothing to discuss there other than this is the way it ended. My throttle hung wide open in practice going into turn three, and I hit the wall so hard my eyeballs came out of my head, I think. But I hit the wall real hard, and that was the end of my super stock in in the silver car that I that I brought up from street stock. But anyways, at that time, Larry Moore had, had kind of been coming in, down in the pits and coming in my pit and talking to me and stuff and, uh, you know, helping out a little bit while I was at the racetrack. And that happened. And he was like, hey, I got a car uh, that I'm running at Peach State. You want to come test it out? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, absolutely. I'll, I'll take a shot at it. So I go and uh, over to Jody McDonald's, and it's sitting there in, in, in his shop. And, oh, wow, it was a beautiful race car. There's way more race car than I ever been in. You know, it was just beautiful. And uh, it didn't have a checkerboard on it no more. It was just red. It had a 48 on it. So, But it's that, that car. Anyways, I was like, I'll try it. So he's like, all right, we'll be here Saturday morning at 9 o'clock or whatever. We're going to go to Peach State. I said, yes, sir. So I showed up. We go to Peach State. We line up. There's a street stock race. It's like probably 20, 25 cars in the race. And we, quali- we had to qualify. It was like 45 lap races, I guess. And uh, – Qualified like mid pack, or you know maybe top ten. Anyways, uh, we the whole time in between qualifying the race, I'm just so nervous. I'm like, man, I do I do not want to tear this guy's. This is a beautiful race car. I was so nervous about tearing it up, and uh, I didn't really ever say anything. I was just a little nervous about that. Uh, we went out, they threw the green, we was racing. I think I got up to about fifth or something, and there was a caution, and. Uh, on the restart, I don't know what happened, but the guy in front of me, it just bunched up. It was an accordion effect, basically. I put the guy in front of me up on the hood. I mean, I, it was just, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a choice. It just happened. But when I hit the brakes and he came off, he, he took the uh, the nose piece with him. And then the left front fender come off, and it went underneath the left front tire and ripped the whole side of the car off. And I about hit the wall, but I didn't because it locked the left front tire up when it happened. Anyways, I went in the pits. I remember driving around. That was in turn one. I remember driving around the whole track and thinking he's going to kill me. This guy, he's, 
he's going to be so mad. I'm so, I tore his race car up. I pulled down pit road, and I was going down, and he was standing in the pit stall. And he was like, come on, come on. I got there, and he started ripping stuff off and kicking stuff out of the way. And he said, go, go, go. So I went back out and started in the rear. And uh, I remember before the green come out, I was like, well, I guess he's all right. That. <laughs> so, boy, that car was nice. So I drove it with no f- nose or left front fender or and half a door. I drove it up. I finished in the t- top three or five. I don't remember because we had to go to the tech shed afterward. And the whole time he was walking, I was driving to the tech shed. And he was walking toward me. I was like, he's still going to cuss at me. I know he is. And the first thing he said when he, when he got up there is he said, hey, you want to do this again next week? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, absolutely. So we got into Peach State racing. And, man, that was fun in that car. That and, was uh, Greenville Pickens on steroids. Yeah, we run the old uh, – uh, tires off the uh, some Hooters Cup tires. Really? He had a he had a barn full of them down there, and the street stock guys. When, when we got there in the morning, we'd go in there, and he had there'd be hundreds of tires. You just pick you five out, or four or five, you know, four to spare. You just pick out what you want, and uh, it was one hundred twenty five dollars. That's what oh. we raced on. So. Uh, we had a good time doing that. Me and Larry and Jody and that car was fast. Uh, we were pretty consistently finishing in the top three, and uh, I had the World Crown race in November. So we went up there, and I had I, I feel like you know I, I was looking forward to this race. I believe I had it won. I, it was a seventy-five lap race, and I had worked my way up to second or third, but there was a caution guys that were in front of me had used their equipment up pretty good and I, I felt pretty good about the restart anyways on the restart the dude in front of me I think he I don't know if he did it on purpose or what but he checked up and I went underneath him and before I went to turn one I let off and let him get back in front of me but they they uh, black flagged me said I jumped the restart so I kept going of course and I'm like I'm <laughs> so they red flagged the race and they come told me I had to go in the rear I was like, for what? I didn't jump and restart, and I gave him his position back, and I argued with him for a minute. And anyways, so they kind of got, I think I meant, they, they kind of screwed me out of that race, I think. Yeah. So we went back the following March and finally got a trophy and won. And when we got up there, they uh, they had tore the motor down three times already, the top of it. Well, this time they didn't, they didn't like it. It was the same motor. And during the week, the guy from the track called me, and he said, you know, you can't win all these races. And I said, well, well I mean, I know. I mean, I'm coming to try to win all of them, but I mean, I know I, I probably am not going to. I'm not retarded. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's one thing about being a race car driver. You're going to lose a lot more races than you win. Yeah. You know? But I said, I, you know, I've seen people get on rolls, and I might be on one. I, mean, I don't know. But anyways, I, I had to go. He called me while I was at work and talked to me. So I had to tell Larry. I told Larry he just got upset. He he was mad, and so he didn't want to go back. Me and Jody went uh, the following week, and Larry wouldn't even go. But he had put a softer shocks in the car because he wanted to run on his rear the late model races in Greenville. And Tom told him for car count that he'd give him two hundred fifty dollars or whatever. So he wanted me to drop on the rear at the late model race, and I wanted to race Peach State, and. He had them soft springs on it, and I went into turn one at Peach State, and it sat on the crossover. And when it did, it just – none of the tires were on the ground, I don't think. 
<laughs> it spun completely around. Mm. And I pulled in the pitch and told Jody, I don't know what's going on, man. Something ain't right. I didn't know he had changed a bunch of stuff. But, uh, we tried to race it, and uh, it didn't It didn't work out. We rubbed the oil pan off of it. And, uh, anyways, so that's kind of where that went. And then he bought a late model car from y'all, too, right after that. <laughs> Larry liked buying our stuff. That handles like a dump truck <laughs> in a cornfield. We couldn't ever figure it out. Dad, he says to this day, I'm not a late model driver. If you put one under him, it could handle it. It'd be different. But we had no idea. So there it is right there. There's yeah. Another. That's pretty crazy. That's another car on your wall that I drove. I well, um, might be a Guthrie. Right? I don't know. Hey, my daddy was around it, ain't no telling. I got more <laughs> brothers and sisters out here than anybody would ever know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I drove that car, and it was a handful. But uh, I, I, did, I got to do my year late model, but really the only thing that the year late model taught me is I'm not a late model driver. Just uh, spend the money and stuff. You know, and I was spending, I was working, I was working hard to put tires and, there's a bunch of money going and, in uh, We were working hard, but the car just wouldn't, wouldn't sit with us. But, I mean. Uh, and you talking about late model racing in, what, 06, 07, 08 maybe? 04. 04. Yeah, because I got a plaque because I was. Because uh, that's I when that picture was. So, yeah. Y'all must have got that car pretty quick. Cause that we got it right after the year, right after him. No, yeah, that was 04. Okay. He so. run four or five races and quit. Yeah. So. But we would, we would go, my dad, um, I had to learn a lot to adjust on the race cars, but he would leave, he'd come home, unload that thing on Saturday or Sunday. Monday morning, we were at Donnie Bishop's shop, uh, Bob Mangum's shop, anybody around Randy Porter, anybody in town that had a late model, we were there listening to, and we would come I, home and apply all that to it. It didn't react. That's, I know, because I drove that car, and it just didn't react to stuff. Yeah. Uh, it it, would, it didn't want to come off the corner to save his life. That's that's what I learned about it. But, you know, I'm, anyways, my best race in that car, actually, was they had the All-Stars come to Greenville. And there was like 29, 30 cars. And uh, Jack Ingram, actually, he come down there, and I talked to him about the tires because they were Goodyear tires. And, uh, he's like, if you don't have bleeders <laughs> on your ribs, he said, they're going to build up. He said, if you get a chance to come in about halfway, anyways, uh, I raced that race and started 29th and finished ninth on the lead lap in the all-star race huh. at Greenville Pickens in that car. And Greenville Pickens on Hoosiers, lap 17, I was getting out of Marty Ward's way. That's how it really, that's, that's what was happening. Uh, and it just it never it made me realize that this isn't fun up here. So I'm more of a, like right now, today, I race in the pure stock division. After going through all this, the pure stock division is the most fun to me, and that's what I'm really here to do. I'm really here to have a good time. That's what it's about. And uh, you really have to drive a pure stock car. You got to get up on the wheel, and I like that. Uh, and the time and money you have to spend on it, Although the pure, the time and money you have to spend on it, it changes. It's changing right now, I believe. But you know, it's not nearly the same as even wide tire. Uh, yeah. Stop. Well, you haven't made any racing 
at all this year. When, when are you going to hit up on that? Uh, I finally got my car back together. I'm going out. The reason we're doing this show tonight is because I'm going out to practice tomorrow night, I hope, uh, to kind of shake it down. I've, I've added, you know, I've done some things, and I'm trying, you know, I haven't seen Darnell and all them show up at the track for the last few races, but basically I'm, you know, I was trying to pick up, you know, the time is picked up. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, we, I'm trying to find that half a second. We went down there a few weeks back and out in left field. Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, Anderson, you know, that's not my home track by any means, but Anderson's a great racetrack. Sylvia does a great job running the track down there, and, and the people there, and, and it, it almost has that feel of Greenville Pickens back in the day because there's a lot of fans that come, and it's it's smaller and everything. Uh, I love it as far as pure stock racing. It's really set up better for that, I think. Greenville's yeah. kind of almost too big for pure stocks. I mean, I guess if you never raced pure stocks, it wouldn't be, but I mean, it never raced any other cars. Yeah. But I know I took my pure stock there, and it seems like you're going down the straightaway for 15 minutes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Green, you definitely needed an upgrade under the hood. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I say that, and I was about a second off, probably. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, Anderson's really a tight little racetrack. I mean, you know, you've raced there. Uh, the the passing is hard groove is is tight, so you got to have guys that you can race with and and lean on a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that, that can appreciate that kind of racing. The problem with today's racing is some guys don't do that anymore. Yeah, everybody nowadays. Uh, yeah. That that leaning on you and stuff, you know. Yeah, but really, that's the most fun you'll ever have. Yeah. If you, if you decide to just race for somebody. Yeah. Instead of just, you know and post along because they, you know, put a tire mark on your number. Yeah. Today's a lot of uh, candy-ass racing, really. It's there you just, go. I didn't want to say candy-ass because I didn't know we could do language. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a way different world. People today out there racing that weren't back, like these younger guys and stuff that, that weren't in the area, the, the area that we're talking about, you know, the – Really, I wasn't around for the 80s, but I'm sure it was good, too. Oh, I in, know. In the 90s and in, the, in the about a few years into 2000. Man, I don't know how you'll ever recapture that. There's no way, really, because it really has to do a lot with the people. Yeah. And you've had some of them on your show here. It has a lot to do with those people. Yeah, our guys are getting, you know, the guys in those heydays are getting older. Yeah. Raising kids, grandbabies, or whatever, and they just have – you know, they have a Pigeon Forge as a destination now, or yeah, that's me. I mean, I, I, you know, like all I, all I did really was was cook the boater, uh, right off the bat this year. I got three more of them sitting in the shop, ready to go in the car. And I'm just going out tomorrow to practice. So, uh, back in the day, that could have happened Saturday morning in practice, and I would have made the race Saturday night. So yeah, it's just life's different. I mean, and, you know, I got kids that play basketball. We like to go to a lot of that. And, you know, family, we like to do a lot of stuff. Uh, but they're very uh, supportive. Looks like we have a call-in coming in. Uh-oh. Let's see if we can get on here. Hello. Hello, you on air? They don't know. <laughs> oh, it's probably me. It'll take a second. Hello. You on air? How's it going? 
Oh, he got mad and hung up. He's coming back. Oh, he won't quit. Yeah. Hey there, how you going? I'm doing good. How you doing? Uh, good. For the folks who don't know who this is, this is uh, this is Mr. Bob Horton. I have lost my headphones. Hey man, I'm here. Hey Bob, uh, good to good to hear from you. How you been doing? I've been doing great. How about you? Uh, living the life, living the dream, I guess. Uh, getting old and fat. <laughs> <laughs> you got a ways to go. You got a ways to go before you check up, catch up with me. That's one place I think I'm going to beat you: age and fat. <laughs> Rob told me he was going to be calling in, and this is awesome. Uh, I've got a cool little story with with you. I don't know how good you remember it, but uh, it don't go even have, don't even have anything to do with racing. Uh, come into your office one day. My, me and my dad got into it. And uh, I jumped out of our uh, tractor trailer going down the road through Marietta and and walked to your office, and uh, you was going to give me a ride home. And I think we made it almost to Powdersville, and my dad called, you get your tail back up here and let's work. <laughs> and you took me back to the job. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember that well. And, and being a father like your, your father, and I love your father, and tell him hello for me. I will do that. I hope he's healthy. But I have I've had... I have a son named Rob Jr. and, <laughs> and one named Bubba, uh, yeah. Stephen, and uh, you know, I've been there and done that. Oh yeah, yep. we've been sitting here. I was glad to do it for you. I'm yeah. glad to do it for you, Steve. And really, I greatly appreciated that. Never in a million years did I think I was going to walk my big tail from Marietta to Powdersville. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but your dad's cool too. He he's hey he's a hardworking guy. Hey, he's wild. You should see the seventy-year-old Ken Guthrie. It's uh, he's hard to handle. I'll bet. I I miss all you guys a lot, but you know I'm down here and got my own thing going on. So living, I'm glad everybody's doing well. Oh yeah, living the dream down there in Florida. I, I hear. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's a dream. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Well, I told. We you, listen, I, this is Rob. I told the story about the picture that we have a man bub together. Uh. You think that Bub won that race? But let's talk about that <laughs> because I, I I won it obviously. <laughs> okay, all right. Is this what you brought me here for? To no, I'm for? just playing. Anyways, it's hey, good to have you on the show. Down here for, he was just down here for a week or so, and we reviewed it then. And he he, he won't let go. But look, uh, if he wants to think if he wants to think he won, he can. But what did he say? I want to hear the story. I oh no! I, I told the truth, Dad. I really did. I said Bub started in the rear. I started on the pole. Bub was eating my lunch. He was de definitely the fastest car. But this—that's a great story that yeah, he, we have in our family he with did, this race. He did tell the truth. He, uh, and, and matter of fact, he went on to say that he don't think he ever beat Bub in a race. Never did. I mean, can you think of a time when I ever beat Bub in a race? Uh, not really. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, you, no, you got. Well, the problem was, I mean, did you tell him about what happened after that and all that? No, I didn't. Well, kind of. You go ahead. Well, it wasn't a big story. Uh, <laughs> we we sucked for a lot of years, but all of a sudden, after I bashed into that wall and flipped them over in ditches and stuff <clears throat> and crappy cars, I got into some pretty decent cars, and I didn't want to waste them, and the boys were coming up. And uh, I put them in it. But I, want, I need to back up just a hair. Uh, I had a childhood dream to race on a racetrack. My father 
had race cars, and we lived up in Chemung County in New York, and they had a track there called Chemung Speedrome, which the Bodine owned. Yeah, that's where yeah. the Bodine And I dreamed from. and dreamed of all that. And I never got to do it until Rob, remember back when we had those Enduros? Yeah, I told that story. I sure did. I told about the Enduros and how we got into racing. Yeah. Well, I got it. It was my racing. fault. I, I don't really apologize. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you had an old. You had an old Ford, and they had a double Enduro, and you drove the first one. Or no, no, no. You said, okay, Pop, you can drive the first one if you want to. I'll let you fulfill your dream on my dime. Okay. That's kind of how I've never been. Like a, okay. Huh? What? Now, you remember you, you bought the tires, and I said, uh, it was a twin 100. I said, I'll drive the first 100, you can drive the second 100. And I told that story. I was like, well, my dad, he's not, he's not a fool, he, and he saw me drive the first two races, and he said, uh, no, no, I'll drive the first hundred, and you can drive the second hundred. <laughs> so, yeah. Was oh, that how we did it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, glad it, I'm glad you took his advice, and I allowed that. I wouldn't have made a hundred <laughs> laps, so I'm glad, I'm glad you raced the first hundred, because I, I probably wouldn't have made a hundred laps in that big old Oh, oh I, I thought you raced the first hundred. Well, he, okay, well, I, I know what happened. I put the car on the wall, and I don't know, 60 laps <laughs> But I, you know, I was so excited about fulfilling my dream, and so, you know, I almost—I think I had tears in my eyes a little bit. But I really appreciated that, and I was hooked from there. That was on. It was on. And and of course, I was the R and D, the test dummy, because I put together some junky cars and and didn't do too well. And but when I finally learned a few things and got good cars there, they were <laughs> yeah. driving them. Yeah, and then they went to that race to see. He was talking about that he thinks he won. <laughs> I know I always hated seeing the the 79 and 97 on the track because I knew I, they were going to be contenders with me or or they were going to blow by me and roll my decals up as they passed me. <laughs> uh, you guys always had good cars. And, and, you know, you weren't there when we started out, Rob and Bub and me. But, well, Bub was just a little kid then. Yeah. But anyway, um, they they used to have forty, fifty cars in the Charger division. They ran three heat, three races. I couldn't. It was imagine. it was a blast back then, huh? I couldn't imagine. Great, but but what happened in that race that Rob's talking about, where they finished door to door? He thinks he won. <laughs> Tom Blackwell, whom I love, and I love all the Blackwells, Craig, all of them. They're great, great, great people. But Tom knew how to run a racetrack. <laughs> yes, he, he came did. to me and he said, "Look." You guys are stinking up. Your boys are stinking up my show, and I want them to slow down. And here's what the deal is: uh, if you're not going to win tonight for sure. You're not going to happen. Uh, I'm telling you, tell them to slow down. And so I, I said, Tom, they built these race cars to go fast, you know, and that's what it's about. And I don't know. I'll go talk to them. So I went and talked to them. Uh, Bub, for sure. Rob was probably fiddling around with something else, but he he was around, he was there, so he heard it. And and what did what was your response Hell to what no. I said? We, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. it wasn't no, it was hell no. Right. And I, for some reason, I ended up in the same heat. And he, like he says, Bub came up through the pack. But we had a really good car. And really? We had a good car too. Yeah. Anyway, um, after the race, Bub took Bub won the race supposedly by the officials. They said he was a winner. He had his tire flat, and the wheel, uh, the tire was running down the track in front of him. I got pictures of that too. 
And then they took us to the tech shed, and you know what they do there. They tore us and robbed apart, limp, front to back. Couldn't find anything wrong. We had them Jimmy Hall motors and stuff. They were good. You know, they were good, honest, legal. And we had just worked on the suspension. We knew a little bit about it, all that. Took all the friction out. Everything was moving right. Had weights right. You know. Yeah. So we were in good shape. So we took the win. That's all there is to it. And and we we got the trophy. Or Bub has the trophy somewhere. Oh yeah, we know. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Rob's but telling Rob, us. But, but look, I didn't. <laughs> bubble. Hey, edit that out. You know, it's fun. I think cool, somebody. you're fading out there, Bob. I wonder why I'm fading out. Are you good? Be. Okay, I hear you good now. I don't know this crazy phone. That's why we're having to do it through Wi-Fi. And uh, in this, in our shop is uh, we've got our little room that we do our shows in, and it uh, we have no service. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's metal building, and then like I said, we're in the. We're right next to the woods, and then uh, our little room's in the back corner of the building. So, uh, You're out there on your property? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you're kind of out there a little bit. Well, you know, I've, we've been having trouble down here with signals on our TV and phones and everything, so it might huh. be on this end as well. That's crazy. So what else is happening? That's about it. We're just talking about racing coming up. Uh, well, I learned um, before we went on air – Rob was telling me the reason he come to Greenville, and he never really has spoken about it on air, but he had mentioned Bob Jones University. Yeah. So that's why That's why we came there initially. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that we, we uh, like, he, he worked and traveled around, so we lived in a lot of places in Florida. Uh, and then we can't, we kind of settled right here for, for Bob Jones. We came. Uh, well, was, we were, there, I, I stay there about, five years i worked at their radio with their radio uh, yeah he worked at station. the wmuu radio station really sure yeah you, so you know the kids selling uh what do they call it? classic radio and and the other side was a religious station that wasn't an easy task but i it was a pretty good challenge i enjoyed it oh yeah but we i got away from that and we ended up having that a donut business yeah, actually, the first the first race. You remember when I bought my first race car? I came to your you you, lived, you were in a cubicle right there on two ninety one. You didn't even have your your insurance office yet. You were working for an insurance company. Yeah, that's and, right. See, yeah. yeah, you were you were you were up in North Carolina then, weren't you? Yeah, that's when I had come yet. back. Yeah, yeah. So Rob's gonna have yeah, and you can't have to uh, teach you guys how to. I don't know if you know how to get on the podcast and listen to some of our shows we've got a lot of guys that's been on our shows that uh you know you're familiar with and come up here and in racing you can get to hear some good stories and and yeah, i'd love to how, how do i do this I, I have to call in to listen no no, no you, um um we'll get you i'll send you an invite to our podcast uh thing on facebook and then i usually okay. i usually weekly will put a put a post on a link on there or if you've got a smartphone, which I think everybody on the planet does now, um, there's a podcast well, app on there, and I think I'll get robbed. He yeah, can call you and yeah, he can yeah, he'll, he'll walk me through. Yeah, you know I have a smartphone, but you, you can have something that's smart, but you have to know how to operate. So <laughs> the operator, that's the truth. Believe me, my dad getting from job to job, he 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 calls his GPS his blue dot. Right. So his blue mm. dot gets him lost all the time. If you got a ten-year-old yep. around, usually you can just get them to sort it out for you. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. 
Yep. Well, Bob, we won't That's keep true. you on long, but um, I, I really appreciate you calling in. It's dang good to hear your voice. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen you, and I'm glad to hear you're doing okay. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're doing good, and I'm glad to hear that, too. And I do. I miss you all up there. I really do. Make sure you tell your family I said, hey. I will. Uh, I definitely will. I've I've got kids this my age, or, or the age I was when I started racing now, so it's kind of crazy they're trying to race a little bit, so. Well, you know, you can't hide money, bro. Anybody that's still <laughs> racing 20 years, 25 years. Yes. At least that I know of. Yeah. Uh, more than that. That's that's when I last was there, you know, racing 25. Yeah. Well, wait, 23? Yeah. No, I don't know. Anyway, again, yeah. it takes a smart person to know where the alley's at. Most <laughs> <of the time. laughs> yeah. But anyway, you guys have been in a long time, and, and, and you, all, you guys always put on a good show. I loved it when you came out there, your dad. And the Elvis outfit and all them crazy cars. I mean, you guys are—you guys are really great. special. No kidding. Awesome. We've uh, in our in our studio where we do our shows. We've got all of our pictures on the walls for the guys to see. And unfortunately, that Elvis car's on that wall. And the and the station wagon with the Hulk arms coming out of the windshield. Oh yeah, I loved it. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah. But uh, now we're Facebook friends, so you can check out some of the stuff I put on there. And, if you get on there often, you see some of our craziness. Now, is Greenville Pickens even still operating? No. Unfortunately, okay. um, we, uh, uh, myself and another guy and my wife, and there was a guy trying to lease it, and we were kind of giving him support. And uh, he raised the money, and when he got got the deal ready to go, um, Mr. Whitaker, car dealer, um had some crazy stipulations in the contract and and it was it just didn't work out so it's it's not open this year well, and it's a very sad sight to see well back before kevin whitaker got in the deal with tom there was a group of people i won't mention their names that uh, maybe behind your show but there was a group of people that i was talking with and they were we were all talking about maybe taken because Tom was trying to sell it. So I went to Tom and I said, Tom, and I gave him what we were thinking. And this is what he said. He said, look, you don't want that. You guys, I appreciate it, but you don't want to do that. There's only one fool in this world that would be willing to do that. And I'm waiting for him. <laughs> and I don't know what that meant. But, he but I took that back to the group. I took that back to the group. <laughs> over. We didn't talk about it anymore. Well, well that Take fool. That what it was. Huh? That fool has single, single-handedly Ran destroyed the, the history of right. Greenville Pickens Speedway. Thank God we have yeah. the memories. Yep. We do. And, and, and by the way, Rob mentioned videos. And all that. that guy that took the videos, his name was Sutter, I think. Good guy. Tony you know, Those videos are valuable. They really are. Yeah, he passed away probably eight or ten years ago. Oh, did he? Did. Really? Man, yeah. that's too bad. That's too bad. And and Roger Roger well, Roger Moore that took all the photos at the track, he passed away probably twelve or thirteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy that took the picture of the race that Rob thinks he won. Yeah. <laughs> you could quit saying that I think I won it. I absolutely knew no. I want it. Well, if you if you believe it, son. Good that's all. Yeah, that's halfway there. <laughs> Look, I, I, I thought you, I, I honestly thought you both were winners. You I know, was jumping up and down and jumping, and I and I really was. To get was, that picture, 
and have this story work everybody involved in that little situation is a winner because that that's great man. i mean it, that is i remember great. you cool. i remember though you did have it hanging on the dining room wall <laughs> you yes, remember sir. you blew it up and hung it on the dining yeah. room wall okay how yeah. proud how proud i mean his boys was hey i had it before you came this last time and i knew you were coming i had it downstairs Oh, did she, uh, <laughs> you take it? In the, in the, where it. the TV room is and well, well, thanks. And I no, removed it. No, you don't need to do that because it's a great memory. And uh, Oh, no, I, I, that, I, I, I know it is a great memory. And, and I thank you for bringing it to me. And I thank Steve for letting you share that because yeah. it was. And I, I, you know I'm picking on you. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. That's right. Hey, but I'll tell one other thing. Just one other thing I just remembered about Ginger Pickens. They moved us up to Street Stock after that raid. They did. And wasn't it street stock where we had to run a special tire? Yeah. Well, it wasn't. Not at first, but then they came up with that BF slick and they had this. No, no, no. Before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically killed a division, is what BFG did. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? We learned. Remember, then we started going to Pete State and up to. We went to Concord a couple times. And if you can get around Greenville Pickens, you know this is true. Absolutely. You can get those other tracks are a piece of cake, basically. Yeah. I remember when we I went mean, to we Concord. Raced, you remember we went to Concord that night, and the, we were in the drivers' Park meeting. Junior. And we went to the Park driver. Right we, we went to the drivers' meeting, and after the drivers' meeting, the guy that did the meeting came over to me and Bub, and he's like, "Look, I don't know how it is at your racetrack, but here at Concord, when you when you get the flag showing that you're getting lapped, you go high, you don't go low." And me and Bub both looked at him like, "What?" <laughs> and then uh, you remember that, and then like, yes, all their I cars do. looked like the Chargers division now looked like late models. And we, it was toward the end of the season. Yeah, we, we had we had some beat up Charger cars we took there, and uh, we went through the field. We really did. Uh, I don't. I think Bub finished up there, and I broke a rear end or something. I can't remember what happened to me. But. Well, Bub Bub could have done a little better, but he purposely. They were that was a, a night that they were fighting for the final championship. Yeah. And he got up and he finished behind those guys, right. like fourth. Yeah, he was up in the front. And he then what happened? The back, too, they, they, walked, they walked over to us again, remember? No, I don't remember that part. I was when he came over and he said, "Look, he was." He said, "Look, I don't know. I know you're down there at Greenville Pickens and all that stuff, but we have never seen anybody come in here and never have a practice lap, just a qualifying lap and then a race." Run yeah. through that. I don't even know what it was on the back stretch. It came around out of yeah, one that, and it turned. And Concord had like a, a, it's kind of like Phoenix on the back stretch. Had that dog leg. When you went through that in our Charger cars, it was like you lost all weight. It was like, it was like the drop zone. It was like the car just got really light through there. Hmm. It was really yeah, kind of did scary feeling. Yeah. But then, but they were they, you, they you were totally that, impressed. Banked. Yeah, they were totally impressed. And like I said, we packed. Park next to Junior, Dale Earnhardt Jr., before he went on and got so famous. And he threw tires. His team threw tires. So I missed his morning. <laughs> yeah, and we, I went over and said, hey, Junior, said, there, what, what are you doing with those tires? I said, I said do you mind if... And he said, heck, yeah, man, take them. He went over there and looked through them and said, this is a better one, this is a better one. Because yeah. he was running new tires. We finished in front of him, too. Uh-huh. That's pretty But he cool. wasn't really trying to rate us. He was just out there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's that. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool, uh, Bob. We appreciate you calling in. It's good to good to hear from you. All right. 
And, Good uh, talking to you guys. Too. I'll talk to you again. All righty. Yes, yeah, stay in touch. Uh, keep up with us on Facebook. And uh, definitely we'll get Rob to teach you how to get on this show so you can hear some of these drivers in the past we've had. It's been, it's been a pretty cool little experience. All right. Hey, I forgot to say the one thing I started out and I got way off track. Go that, ahead. Those tires that we had to use. We figured that out and ended up going to Peak State and doing pretty good. And you know who taught us? Who's that? None other than the Sidewinder. <laughs> One night, we were all He needs to get the Sidewinder on the show, but I don't think he can. I'll get him soon. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Sidewinder and all of us were bitching about those tires. And one night, he was having such a problem up there just in three and four up there. He just started cutting around in circles, and the smoke rose up just on and on and on. And then he lined back up, I guess, or went in the pit and then came back out. He didn't change anything. And all of a sudden, his car was hooking up. Those tires had to be used hard. So the more, you, the more they wore down, the faster they got. And that's the same that's way the 15-inch Diamondbacks were. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's... Well, Sidewinder, you know, he, he, he did, a, did us a favor. And then he beat us. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I've seen that man win in so many wild predicaments and still comes out on top. It's mind-blowing. I know he'd have some cool stories yeah, right. to come on and tell us. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it, yeah. it was so much fun. I miss it. I really do. Oh, All yeah. right, guys. Look, it was great talking to you. It was great talking to you and Bob. Take care of yourself, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, All right, thanks. All right, love Later. you, man. Love you, Rob. All right, love you. And you didn't win, bro. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for throwing that in there, boy. Uh, if I had a stick, I'd choke you. All right, all right. Love you. Is that who? Is that the finish? Yeah, that's all right. Take you care. You won to me, too. Uh-oh. Hey, wait, whoa. I got back up. Yeah. If you, I think we ought to do a poll on that picture right there. You're ahead on, in the picture. Yeah, there you go. That's what I thought. <laughs> So Dale, Dale has found out that uh, you're ahead in the picture. Yep. Yeah. You passed the start. Oh, we've argued line. this picture plenty of times, <laughs> I promise. But, uh, anyways, what I was going to say, something he brought up, you know, back in the day, the 15 inch Diamondbacks, uh, that tire was so good the more you used it. Yeah. Uh, that's something that really helped the division, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, when you get a tire, you can abuse and use. I remember if we bought a new set of Diamondbacks, we'd go out, 15-inch Diamondbacks, we'd go out and practice all day long just to run the rubber off of them. Or else you took them to Robbins and Robin would... uh, They were the same way when 16s. uh, The 16s weren't as good to me, but I mean... Well, the more they got wore out, the better they were. That's when I met Jason Smith and, and he was giving us all of his old tires, which weren't but a week old because he would buy tires every week. Yeah. He thought because the late models was buying tires that the lower divisions had to buy tires and be good fresh rubber too. So yeah, no. we were getting his wore out junk when we started really running good. Yeah, and that's or, when it was good. Right? I say wore out junk. We were getting basically new tires. Wanted to wear them out. Yeah. But you, I got a story about Jason that I wanted to tell. <laughs> Can I? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, this is my story about Jason. I want to tell it to the on the other show, but anyways. Uh, well, they don't talk to I started the back, of course. Oh, they don't? No, they don't. If you ain't a late model driver up in the car store, you won't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. uh, 
I, I noticed how that kind of went, but it, that's that's I, what you're doing is awesome, man. This is local. What it's all about. Right. Uh, anyways, what they do is what they do. I've listened to a couple of their shows. It's all right. Anyways, Jason, I don't I hate the guy. I like him. Anyways, um, the race I got in with him, I started at the back. And this is when Tom was telling me not to win. And I was trying to win from the back. Because if you won, you had to start in the back. So my goal was to win two in a row. Because if you won two in a row, you were doing something. Because you won, then you started 25th, and in 10 laps, you won again. Yeah. And that was an accomplishment in my eyes. Absolutely. So, anyways, that's what had happened. I'd already won. I started in the back. I come up through the field. I had a couple of cautions that absolutely helped me. Anyways, I got up, and I got into third, and the two cars in front of me, and they were probably 10 or 12 car lengths in front of me, was Eric Kane and Jason Corndog Smith was the leader. <laughs> okay. And anyways. Lockerbie was in this wreck. No. Driving the four car. He might have been. I don't know. No, it was just me and Eric and uh, Jason. Jason. Anyways, this is what had happened. This is uh, so I, I I start running them down. There's only like two or three laps to go when I get in third, and I I got pretty good on one lap. I, I made up pretty good, and I thought you know I got a shot at this, so I was gonna take my shot. So I drove up there and I got right behind Eric Kane. Coming through three and four in the middle of the corner, I was on that bumper, and they were getting ready to throw the white flag. Well, coming up, I had a run on them, so I cut underneath them coming off the four. And when I did, he came down the racetrack, and we're going down the front stretch, and he keeps coming down, coming down, coming down, and I'm probably to his back of his door with my bumper, and he keeps coming down, coming down. And Frank Murdoch actually gave me this video, and I watched it in slow motion. My, I actually turned right, right before the end of pit wall. My rear bumper hits the end of pit wall. And then I turn back left, and he's on my hood. And I'm looking at that where the pit wall comes around right there. I'm looking at it head on. And the white flag just came out. So I didn't know what to do. So I did what I always do when I get in situations like that. In the racetrack. I hit the pedal on the right. That's, that's just me. I mean, I don't know. So I hit the damn gas, and... Then I let off and slammed on the brakes, and he went flying off my hood. I was just trying not to hit the wall head on, really, at that point. He went flying off my hood, and he bounced and stuff up the track, and he drove all over the 07 car, <laughs> up on top of and everything. And anyways, there was a big old hole there, so I just drove through there and went on down the back stretch, went around and took the checkered flag. I won the race. So I come back around, and I'm like, wow, that's okay. <laughs> so... I didn't realize what was happening until I watched the video later. But anyways, I, I rode back around. I get to Victory Lane, and Keith Cochran, you remember him? Oh, yeah. He's standing there at Victory Lane. He's got his headset on, and he's doing this number to me with his hand out, like won't let me in Victory Lane. And I pull up there, and I touch his hand with the front of the car. And he's he looks at me with them big old eyes, and he's like, whoa. So I goosed him. I lifted him <laughs> up a little bit. And I was like, dude, I won that race. No, I don't know who you're talking to on the thing, but I'm – Going to Victory Lane. Well, then I guess they told him, yeah, he won, and they let me on in there. Uh, and after the race, I went and go try to talk to Jason. He was just mad at me, and I was like, I don't know what happened. I didn't even. All I know was the Eric was on my hood, and I was trying not to wreck, and I was trying to save myself, and I don't know what happened. Uh, but that was definitely not intentional. Well, then uh, some things they had that what that they had that thing uh online 
Yeah, that message board. Yeah, well, he came over and said, you know, I ran out of talent, whatever, or something <laughs> like that. And, of course, I was like, well, Jason, you ran out of talent as soon as you sat down in the car and strapped your seatbelt on. <laughs> and then, so then he didn't like me no more, I don't think, after that. But I I always had respect for, for Jason. But after I watched the video, what had happened was he was crowding Eric. He didn't know I was on the inside, and I didn't know he was on the outside, and Eric Kane was in the middle of both of us. That's what actually happened. And uh, so he was trying to crowd Eric because, of course, it was the white flag and he wanted to win. Yeah. He wasn't crowding him real bad, but he was crowding him enough to where he couldn't have somebody on the inside of him. And I was there. And I'm not smart enough to let off the gas pedal, <laughs> especially when I see white flag. I mean, that's yeah. what you see. Green means go. White means go faster if you're not the leader. That's, exactly. That's always been my motto. But, um, yeah, that, that's my story that I wanted to tell. Uh about Jason, so hopefully he'll listen to it and hear it, and he can. He should listen. He, he can. You uh, know he listens. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure he listens. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does. I'm I'm, I don't know what happened to y'all, but you I'm know not he, gonna give it. I'm you, sure he uh, does. Uh, he listens. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I feel cool. tension in the room. <laughs> no, it ain't no tension. It's just, I'm. Humor. Yeah, yeah. It's it's easier to take the high road. Hey, but those, you know. I don't know about The Rock. but I He's a him. pebble these days. Is he? Okay, so him too. But anyways, he was... Uh, I'm taking the high road. It ain't, it ain't nothing. Right. We all adults. We'll talk. Yeah, you will. It'll come back around, dude. Yeah. Those are you people. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened. But I don't... Really I don't know. either. <laughs> <laughs> but. One of us got spun out in the one, going into one. Yeah. Uh, I've... But I remember when all y'all were together out there on the racetrack, and it was fun racing with you. It really was. Yeah. You know, we all had some good times. We uh, you know, always told the story. I met Jason on pit road because he was complaining to Philip about my motor. He said, oh, that boy passed me three times, and one time he passed me like I was tied to a stump. You remember when he used to walk down pit road, he had that T-shirt on that said, no, my motor's not ready yet. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's he went just, to a different engine builder that he had from one time to the next. And uh, the guy was building drag racing engines, and uh, they only lasted an eighth of a mile at a time. Oh. Yeah. Well. Jason had like Jason had like <laughs> seven engines, and he would take the green flag, and before he got to one, they blew up. Wow. Every oh. week. So he That's, had him a shirt made. No, I don't have my engine. Uh, that was fun times for sure. It was. I mean, I, yeah, that was yeah. a good time. I, matter of fact, while I'm while I'm on here and, and thinking about it, um, longtime crew chief for Jason, his name was uh, Joe Fields. Joe, I have learned this week that Joe has had a, a pretty pretty bad stroke, and uh, is in a, a rehabilitation facility in Seneca. And I believe they're trying to do a little GoFundMe trying to help him out to to pay for that. But Joe's an extremely talented guy and really really smart on race cars and. Um, He's pretty well known around the racing. His name's Joe Fields. Uh, Jody and Larry, and Ed, they all know him. He, right. He's been around racing for 100 years in dirt and everything. So uh, we, we're thinking about Joe there. wanted to mention him. Well, Rob, uh, we really appreciate you coming on, man. This has been cool. Uh, yeah, I've had a good time. It's really hassling. The highlight of my night, and I am not taking anything from you, is to hear your daddy's voice. Huh? That's my highlight, too, actually. Um. 
got the utmost respect for Bob. Always have. Uh, in 04, he, I don't know. Well, you can't see it there, but later on in the season, I put Horton Insurance across my windshield. He yeah. gave me, I don't know, he gave me $25, $50 a week or something like that. I don't even remember what it was. But yeah. Just uh, become friends with him just in passing. Because when, back when I started racing, my goal was um, I wanted to get along with everybody. So yeah. I'd get on the golf cart and I'd go talk to everybody in the pits all the time. Just that's what it was about. You know, we were about being friends with everybody. We wasn't about. I mean, of course, we wanted to beat each other on the racetrack, but we right. didn't want to become enemies. And and uh, to me, that's what racing was about. You know, you had all your yeah. buddies there. It's like a big track meet. We all met every weekend. Yeah. Like I didn't have a lot of buddies away from the racetrack, but at the racetrack, all y'all were my buddies, man. Yeah. I, but on yeah, once we put the helmet on. Uh, you know, it became racing at that time. But to have a, like my brother, like we talked about earlier, to have a buddy that you could race with in a way and know that you're going to race each other hard but not take advantage of each other is what made the racing so good back in that day, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but as far as, like you're talking about my dad, uh, none of this would have happened without him. He was really put a lot into the uh, setup on these cars. I think he got mechanic of the year plaque one, one year out there at Greenville. And he should have. Uh, from NASCAR or something. He had his hands full between two cars. He really did. And uh, he, he really put a lot into it, a lot of effort into it. And he was very good at it. He, he got to be very good at it. Uh, driving a car that he he turned the wrenches on or got underneath and, and did the geometry on the front and this and that. And the things that he did, man, was was a nice ride. So, And that's what it's all about. I mean, the, one, the ones of us that run, and I'm not that good at it. I'm still not that good at it. I wish he was down here helping me right now. Yeah. But I'm trying to, you know, stumble my way through. I'm still doing it. Uh, I still love it. I mean, I don't have the time to commit to it that I used to, but I still really love to go racing. Well, maybe you can get him up here one week and bring him down to Anderson. I'd love to see him again. Yeah. Dang sure loved hearing him on the, on the phone a while ago. He's uh, so much respect for Bob. He's a good people. Oh, yeah. Well, Rob, like I say, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck with practice. And I'll probably sit down and see you down there tomorrow, and I'm going to bring the, the youngest down there. He don't know it yet, but we're going to go down there and practice. All right, well, bring me a carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> i got to put one I'm on for him. Yeah. He, uh, he's been running two barrels, so. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm scared to put a full barrel on. He ain't got enough brains to, uh, to get it going. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of work at Anderson to try to. It's a very tight track. Well, you know, you've ran there, so it's a tight track. You got – I still haven't figured out coming off a of two. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, you got to turn twice down there. Right. Uh, you can't overdrive. You can't drive it off in deep and expect to come off. Right. Uh, believe it or not, my cousin, Scott Mann, after many, 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 many weeks, probably half a season or better, chewing me out every Monday morning, I learned how to drive Anderson through listening to him fussing at me on the, on the phone on Monday morning. so Yeah, I went. Uh-huh. Scott talked me into going to Anderson. I only won one Charger race at Anderson, and it was a race where Scott talked me into going all day. And I went, and the car wasn't right. And I said, it's tight. And Kelly was like, whatever. Kelly and Ricky were there. Anyways, Kelly put like 80 pounds in the right rear. <laughs> Anyways, I went out there and took the green, and I had no brake. The brakes were real soft. And I actually hit, I think it was Kevin Fuller going, it was a heat race. I bumped into him on accident right on turn one going into one. And 
because I couldn't slow down. And he slid up the track, and I went by him, and I won the heat race, started on the pole for the main, and led the whole race. But the person behind me was Scott Mann in that blue number 27. Yeah. We had him. And I remember looking back there a couple of times and just seeing his eyeballs like that. He was trying his best to get to that bumper. If he had to hit you, it'd be good. Absolutely. <laughs> I would have been mad at him if he wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't get there ever. And uh, so I took the checker. And uh, this first, I wasn't planning on winning at Anderson. The first race, the only race I ever won at Anderson in the Charger. And when we, I took the checker, I went in through one, come off two, and just goosed it and lost it going down the back stretch. And Scott hit me right in the door. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Never really known him to run into other cars. He's usually pretty rough. He's a very clean driver normally, right? Well, I'm, he's usually yeah. bouncing off of concrete and not really walls. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> love you, Scott. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. We appreciate you coming in. Um, it's been fun. Oh, yeah. It's been fun. Thanks for bringing, bringing, coming in and bringing your story to us and telling it. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you having me. It's uh been a blast rehashing the old times and we're still making memories let's keep doing it you got that right that's right that's a fact rob horton on the checker pass podcast